Welcome to the Morty Vicar podcast from B&A Church in Bristol with Wayne Messy and James Stevenson. This is a podcast where we like to talk about culture, theology and life. We're both recent sufferers of COVID, so we apologise if any of our content today demonstrates that we've still got COVID brain and we've both had a few... Well, I've, I've had COVID brain since about Italian 90. <laughs> There we go. Um, okay, so today um, we're going to talk about just war. Yes. Um, and we're going to talk about it in a way that helps us to think about what it, it is and also what that means for us as Christians when we engage in conversations with others around the ethics of war, um, which is very much at the forefront of our minds because of what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. So as you're watching the war unfold in Ukraine... And you're seeing things that you know are wrong in terms of you think are wrong, or you just feel are wrong in terms of how the war is being played out. Yeah. How do you know that's the case? And is there kind of a rules of the game that says that's the case? There yeah. are. And secondly, as you hear stuff around no-fly zones and NATO getting involved, um, how, how should yeah. that play itself out? How should NATO get involved? And if so, what would that look like? Yeah. And um, and yeah, and various things, and it's kind of we're going to hopefully be a bit short and sharp, but basically just teach through what is called just war theory very yes. quickly, um, so that you just have a concept of oh, this is one of the ways that Christians have understood war should be fought. Indeed, and if you're anything like me, you would nod when somebody says just war and think yes, I know oh, what no, that no. is, but then actually you don't have that information to the top of your head, so you just did you kind do, of did you do the, your way through a conversation. Did you do the then, ethics paper for your um, theology finals? No, I didn't. Oh, I did? Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, so, I, so I'm now, <laughs> I've now become the V&A resident expert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, oh, by the way. Never stopped you in the past. That was my worst um, paper <laughs> of the eight. It was the one I did the worst in, because it was the last paper and I'd got bored, so instead of answering <laughs> three questions, I ran them all together yeah. and said... Um, I said, oh, I've noticed these three questions. I, da, 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 I'm going to try and answer them in one, in one massive <laughs> essay. To which my doctrine tutor, which is a different paper, yeah. said, he said, that is potentially genius or the stupidest thing you've ever done. It turns out to be one of the stupidest things I've ever done. But um, Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, I could, yeah. Um, so, Wayne, tell us, um, what is just war? So, so, so just war theory has a kind of two aspects. The first aspect is um, how to go to war mm. and when to go to war. Uh, there's a Latin word for it. Um, and then there is, and then there's how you should um, be when at war. So mm. let's talk about. Uh, let's just go through six things about how if you, yeah. if, if war is deemed to be necessary, yeah. uh, that it should be necessary. And we'll try and pick things up out of history as we do this. Okay. Uh, so the first one is there should be a just cause. So let's use something from my teenage years. The UN uh, passing a motion and, and building an alliance that, inv- that, that um, for the first Gulf War after Iraq invaded Kuwait and um, falls under that just cause thing. Um, a, a, an independent sovereign state has been invaded and taken over by another yeah. and a group of other sovereign So the just cause is actually to free Kuwait from Iraq. So actually there is a just cause. There is a good reason to go to war. Yeah. Now, onto that one straight away, you can see that um, Vladimir Putin and the Russians going, well, we think Ukraine is actually Russian and should yeah. be part of Russia, therefore we're going to invade, yeah. is not a just cause. Stalin did the same thing in 1939 when he yeah. invaded Finland, and obviously um, Adolf Hitler did the same thing yeah. again yeah. Uh, 
in around that time. And you yeah. can look back in history, and actually a lot of wars haven't been started for just reasons. Yeah. So just cause. So, I mean, that, that is kind of classically the, um, the person stepping in because the bully has hit the, um, has hit the kid in the class. Yes, although you might declare, uh, yeah, although you could, the bully could be hitting somebody. So, for example, you might go to war to free a country that has found itself under a, a dictatorship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that could be a just cause yeah. as well. So the country might not have been an aggressor out beyond itself, but actually yeah. you've gone to war because of what's going on in the country. So a just cause. Yeah. Second um, one is lawfully law- declared. Yeah. So, for example, we, we now operate under the... Uh, we've got the UN and NATO, so it would be very hard for Great Britain to declare war on the Republic of Ireland, for example, yeah. um, because uh, Great Britain is part of NATO and yeah. uh, is also within the UN and both the UN and NATO. So this is the whole thing. That I'm just going to quick politically. We say Brexit, we're going to free ourselves up. Yeah. But actually, here's one. We haven't, we, we're not yeah, that yeah. free because yeah. we're part of a, an alliance and a worldwide organisation. Yeah. So therefore, if Great Britain wanted to declare war on the Republic of Ireland, it would need UN backing and it would need the support of the NATO Security Council. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that would be a lawful way of doing it. Yeah. So, so on one level... So give, um, give us an example from history of a, a lawful invasion. Uh, well, a, a lawful declaration of war would... First World War, when yeah. Britain declared war on Germany, was a response to uh, the treaty between Great Britain and Belgium, yeah. guaranteeing Belgium's independence. Yeah. Belgium was formed, basically, to keep the Dutch and the French apart. Yeah. And so when the Germans invaded Belgium as their part of their grand sweep into France... Yeah. Um, London declared war on Germany, and that was yeah. lawfully done because it was an international treaty between two nations, yeah. um, and it was the, the government in London acting. So that's one from way back in history. Another yeah. lawful one, but again, that first Gulf War was, was a lawful declaration of war because the, the UN Security Council passed yeah. a resolution. And okay, a, great. Yep. So then, thirdly, is the intention behind the war must be good. Just, yeah, just intention is the phrase that's used. Yeah. yeah. So let's stick with the... Uh, Which is different from a just cause. So yeah. tell us a bit about that. So there's a just cause, but the intention behind the war must be good. So I suppose would that be that one of the questions that's asked of, of, the, um, of the Gulf Wars is around oil. Yeah. And, and whether actually there might be a just cause to remove a despotic dictator, but actually is the motivation behind it to set people free from a dictator who has invaded a neighbouring country? Yeah, yeah. Or is it to um, drive down the price of oil? Yeah, and actually... Oh, well, actually, let's... Uh, hope there aren't any ethicists listening to this. We'll probably all get more there. Oh, but yeah. actually, oh, should the intention have been in that Gulf War to free Kuwait and then to stop? Yeah. And actually, therefore... And, and, and is the overthrow of... You know, which is actually kind of interesting what happened because Saddam was left there. Yeah. And then they came back for him. Yeah. But actually that, whereas actually if they'd freed Kuwait and then overthrown Saddam, have you pushed beyond yeah. just cause and just intention at that, yeah. you know, into wrong intention at that point? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. Um, firstly, it uh, must be for a just cause. Secondly, must be lawfully, lawfully declared. declared. Thirdly, the intent must be good. Fourthly, all other ways of resolving the problem should have been tried first. Yes. Yeah. So basically war is the last resort. Yeah. So you should have dragged people to the UN Security Council. You should have sat them, you know, sanctions, yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. So that actually, you, so when you go to war, you go. Uh, um, I'm only doing this because if you're listening and you're a parent, a small child, um, I must confess I haven't got a problem with 
um, w- with it proportionality in terms of the smacking of a small child. Mm. But actually, you don't like you don't. But you, Wales do now. You've heard this. Yes, I do from yeah. today. So yeah. somebody did point out you just need to cross the bridge into England to give them yeah. a quick clip around the ear and then yeah. drive home again. But actually, but actually, but actually, but actually, yeah. in terms of in terms of punishing children and small children with a smack, mm. that shouldn't be your. That should never. Have, whatever you think about that, mm. it should never have been your first go to yeah so that makes sense and as yeah. i say so that's why i'm linking it to the war thing probably quite badly but actually you don't go oh you've really upset me i'm sending in the tanks yeah so so interestingly enough mr chamberlain mm. was trying to avoid war yeah um and was led down the garden path although yeah. there's that have you, if you've seen the prime film, minister of england um up until 1939 was he 1939 or 1940 he secured yeah. peace in our time but he didn't but actually but but he, what he was trying to do is see if he could get hitler to the table and yeah. uh and get him to basically agree that there wouldn't yeah. be a war so it's so actually you, you've you've tried everything to avoid war is the yeah. point there um, fifthly, um, there must be a reasonable chance of success. Now, this is the one I've always found. So, so this is the one I found interesting because I think this is where it's different if you are invaded. Yeah. Uh, if you're invaded, you're defending yourself and I think you yeah. might not have any chance of success. Yeah. Um, but if you are going to war, the, chan- the idea of reasonable chance of success, I think, is linked into um, that you're just basically not going to take a whole couple of countries down with you and end up with, like, the Hundred Year War between Britain and France. Although mm. that's a bit different, because they used to just happen in fields with a small number of yeah. people. Um, but this idea that actually you've... you've um, well, Jesus says you should never... You know, you don't build a tower without sitting down and thinking about the cost. Yeah. That actually, before going to war, you, you think about it, a reasonable mm. chance of success. Mm. But there are sometimes... Like, again, what was the chance of success in the Second World War? Yeah. Um, but you just know you've got to do something, and that's that's the difference between paying, being a defender and, and declaring a war. Yeah. There's one more. There is. The means used must be in proportion to the end that the war seeks to achieve. Yeah. So if um, Great Britain wanted to invade the Republic of Ireland, which basically has about 16 soldiers, two aeroplanes, and four small ships, yeah, probably don't need to send the might of the whole of the RAF and the whole of the British Army. In does that? That's yeah. the first bit of proportionality, yeah. um, and it is, and it's just that sense of actually, yeah. So you, you, yeah, that I think that makes that that works for me as an illustration. Yep. Okay. And then um, the 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 next three are how should a just war be fought? And the first is innocent people and non-combatants should not be harmed. Now this is the one that in the modern world is the hardest for a whole host of reasons so thinking back to the hundred years war uh you know like so basically the a non-combatant and an innocent would get swept up in war in medieval times when armies came through and basically took all they could to 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 live off um or if you know you were the farmer in a field outside dukesbury during the civil war and the cavaliers ended in one end of your field and the roundheads at the other and you said oh hold on a second i just need to get my cows in before you guys all fight um it was kind of but then with and then if you think about the first kind of truly modern war, the First World War, again, actually, the vast majority of the deaths are um, of soldiers. And, and it's a bit where, like, the Somme, you know, there's a, there's a famous farmhouse yeah. in the Somme that they all kind of fought over a bit. The, the, those people, they got swept up because the battlefield happened to yes. be in their area. Then you get World War Two, where because of the advent of technology, that actually war comes to the home front, as they called it, into yeah. cities. And so you get the bombings of yeah. cities in 
Germany and in England. Yeah. And you obviously get Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And that's the bit where I think you, everybody's got to stop and go, you know, was that right? So is it right that, you know, you try and you bomb London? No. But is it right that in response you firebomb Dresden? No. No. Um, is it right that you drop two nuclear bombs over two cities in Japan because you know it's going to bring the war to an end earlier, but actually in doing so you've wiped out two cities of its innocents and non-combatants? Just war would say, I think, would say, say no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, but that's a bit because actually if you think about it, a lot of modern warfare is fought in terms of security and on the internet and all that kind of stuff and takes in everybody. Mm. So that's a real problem. Um, mm. And that's the bit that we're seeing when we see cities in, in, in the Ukraine absolutely flattened. We know that's wrong or, you know, bombing a theatre where everybody's in the basement. We know that's wrong, but actually we've known that's wrong for hundreds of years. Which is closely linked to the second one. So only appropriate force should be... Yeah used so um, you could will have seen images on our screens recently of both of those instances of, of innocent and non-combatants um, uh, being harmed and inappropriate force being used upon them so the um, the the children's hospital yeah being attacked would be an example you know the scale of the attack for a building that size was not necessary and also for the nature of that building. But also it applies to the combatants. This will come on to, the, to, mm. to, to I think, what will be your third one because actually appropriate force should be used across the board. Mm. What's the third one? Internationally agreed conventions regulating war must be obeyed. Yeah, so if you've ever seen The Great Escape, mm. the Germans break the rules. After the guys escape, they all get rounded up and they all put their hands up and go, fair cop, you've caught me. Mm. Under the Geneva Convention, those guys should have just been brought back to prison or war camp, but instead they were all shot, and mm. that broke. Um, you know, mm. the Germans, the Nazis did an awful lot worse than that, but that broke the international conventions. Mm. So there are international conventions for how you treat prisoners, for what sort of weapons you use. So, yeah. so like chemical weapons, um, various different, you know, the type, yeah, of, yeah t- certain types of landmines. There's a whole load of conventions around weapons that are banned, um, and all that. So, so actually, there's. It sounds war is awful, but there are rules to the game. Yes, there are. But it's funny that you've gone through and you've been able to list lots of wars where it hasn't happened. Yeah, and I think the reality is that in our brokenness as humans, we we all know that when we have been assaulted in some form personally, it 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 is a biological instinct to. Um, to respond in some way and often that response can take the form of hitting back with an equal or greater force which is why we have the teaching of Jesus about um, but, which, but, it's why, but it's why we have so, so let's, let's step away from war for a second and let's go to um, so the Six Nations end of the weekend you know why when we have sports do we have referees so, so a couple of weekends ago the England scrum absolutely hammered the Ireland scrum if you yeah. don't know about scrums, don't don't worry. What, what I am yeah. going to tell you is, is that there's been something that and writers have wrote about the English front row, especially the two props. Do some they they do something called turning in, and all you need to know about a scrum is that basically you're supposed to push in a straight line against the guy opposite you. Yeah. If you turn in, you can force him to come down and out. And yeah. actually, uh, one of the things the England pack do very very well is play right on the edge of the rule and try and, and try and convince the referee they're not turning in. But there was a drone shot. 
of uh, a certain Mr. Genge. And he's like, his hips are all, you know, and actually, and that, all I'm just saying is actually, we know <laughs> that, that wherever rules are made, they are made because we don't treat each other yeah. fairly. And we also know that wherever rules are made, I'm um, just thinking about the playground, the workplace, that people try and break them. So why do we get surprised when, with the worst thing possible, war, yeah. that the rules get broken? Because actually, if you are country x and you know that country y is going to follow these all these things that we've just been through if you just break one or two of them you're going to get an advantage yeah and that's been that's so 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 this is this is this leads us nicely into uh if you and i were salvation army officers we might have gone through this and just gone but there actually is never a just cause yeah so the salvation army are, are pacifists and believe there is never any reason uh, for Christians mm. to be involved with a go to war because actually it is all mired in brokenness and sin and the only way to shine the light of the gospel on it is to stand up and go, this is wrong. Yep. And the way I'm going to tell you it's wrong is I'm not going to get involved. Yep. Now, other Christians disagree, but actually, but that's because they look at these theories and they would go through them and they go, but it never works. Yes. So, we said we keep it short. We hope that that's helped you to understand a little bit about what is thought about just war um, and helps you to then engage with others as we talk about war in Ukraine and elsewhere. And the, co- the two things, is things in culture, people say, war, what is it absolutely good for? What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Okay, so actually, have you got an answer to that? Yeah. And why is it not good for anything? Mm. Um, and the second one is, um, the Archbishop said war is never the answer. But if war is never the answer, actually, what is the answer? And have you got an mm. answer to that as well? Um, I'll let you go, Wayne. That could be your homework, everybody. We'll um, see you next week on More Tea Vicar. Thanks for listening. <laughs>